Thanks for being with us on this Thursday morning. Well, we know that almost 200 properties have been confirmed damaged, in some some cases destroyed by wildfires. This is just in the Okanagan region of BC. We also know that homeowners are in some cases still waiting to find out just how much their home has been damaged. A portal is being set up where people will be able to put their addresses into that portal to find out where their uh, home has been damaged or if their home is okay. A lot of this is raising questions about insurance and how to fireproof buildings and uh, make sure that you keep your home uh, as intact as possible. So where does the, where does insurance play a role in this? Sean Sinclair is program head of the General Insurance and Risk Management Program at the BC Institute of Technology and is joining us now to talk a little bit more about this. Sean, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, hi, Jill. Thanks for having me on. Well, I know we tend to talk about this uh, after the fact and only when we're in the the middle or in the the heart of uh, something like a wildfire season. But what do people need to know about uh, their homes, how to kind of uh, keep their their home uh, as as intact as they can when dealing with things like wildfires? Yeah, so there's some really good resources out there. Um, The BC government's got a a FireSmart page called at www.firesmartbc.ca. There's um, an institute called the Institute for Catastrophic Loss Reduction, and they're at www.iclr.org. And the Insurance Bureau of Canada has got a page on wildfire uh, reduction at www.ibc.ca. And all of these resources... Um, have got the fairly typical um, things you can do, you know, get rid of waste from beside your home, make sure you don't have fire loads, uh, like a a bunch of, um, say, firewood for next winter, sitting right beside your house. If it catches fire, your house is going to catch fire. Um, There's things you can do with the the, the siding on your home so it isn't going to be as um, flammable as something else. So vinyl siding versus stucco is, is now these are things that you can do while you're building your house, but after it's already built, it makes it kind of tough, but you can get rid of the fire load around your home and, and clean that all up so that it's got less chance of, of getting to your house. And is that something maybe we, we should be doing anyway, especially when homes are being built in beautiful settings, in forested, beautiful areas, but uh, beside forests, which put them more at risk? Is it something that we should be doing anyway, as far as even building codes to make sure that homes are, are more resilient? Absolutely. So there's, you know, the, the, the insurance industry over the, the last hundred years or so has um, sort of lobbied governments to... Um, bring on uh, lots of different ways to sort of reduce death and, and, and fire damage. Uh, for example, the city of Vancouver now has all new buildings must have sprinklers in them. And if you're doing a renovation that's more than, I forget whether it's 10 or 15 percent, uh, you have to sprinkle your home. And so those kind of bylaws are coming in. And certainly there are ways to sort of not fireproof, but fire reduce the, 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 the um, damage to your home. Uh, don't have a, an all wood house with an all wood roof. I mean, it looks beautiful, but those things 
if they're in a forest setting, it's going to go just as fast as any limp, limp lumber beside you, right? Right. And is that one of the, the things, too, in that we tend to think of forest fires coming through and just just reducing a swath to nothing? But then when we see the aftermath of them, and, and you'll see there are cases where one house is standing and the homes around it are not. They've burned to the ground. And, and talking about the embers that are flying, and that's what's actually starting the fires and burning the structures down? Yes. So there was actually a really interesting story um, uh, about, a, I think it was a lady in, I think she was in the Kelowna area, who just uh, put a sprinkler on her, on the roof of her house and left when she was called away. And her, her house was virtually undamaged. Hmm. So the way it, that's, that's sort of an interesting um, thought process, just to throw a sprinkler on your roof so that it, it stays wet. And then if those embers do come, they get put out right away. And uh, her house was sort of saved there. It was an interesting story to, to watch. I'm, I'm not suggesting everyone puts a sprinkler on the roof of their house, but, you know, that, that was one, one thing that she did before she left. Right. And it does show that, yeah, that, that there are things that can be done to, to lessen the risk. Does it change, too, or does it have an impact on, we're hearing from people saying uh, they can't get insurance, that uh, they can't get fire insurance, or if you're in a flood plane, maybe you can't get flood insurance. Does it also have an impact on whether or not you have the ability to insure your home? That's a great question. So um, if I can just talk a little bit about insurance as a whole for a second, and then we, then we can get back to these individual cases. So um, in, insurance essentially is just a big pool of money that uh, we all pay into, or all of us with insurance pay into, and then losses um, come out of that. And I was just having a read this morning. Um, there's a news article in Canadian Underwriter that said the wildfire damage this year in Canada is going to be between estimated between 700 million and 1.5 billion. And another article in this continuity insurance risk news says that globally this year, natural disasters are going to be over a hundred billion dollars in insured losses. So where does a hundred billion dollars come from? So we all pay into this pool of money. And as it, uh, you know, as we have suffered these losses, the money comes out and, and, and pays for losses sort of globally. So, Wherever we buy our insurance from, in most cases, they buy what's called reinsurance, which is just insurance for insurance companies, and that spreads those risks globally so that a few pennies of premium that we pay for our homeowner's insurance uh, will also pay for the losses in Hawaii or losses in Europe, and, and we collect back from, from that as well. So it's, um, if the risk is too great, if you live in a floodplain where you're guaranteed to have your house flooded or destroyed um, every two or three years, your premium has to be 100% of, of what the value of your home is. Right. Does and that, and premiums, yeah, it does. And when we look at it in a, in a global sense, premiums obviously are going to keep going up because like you said, where does $100 billion come from? Exactly, yeah. So that's what they, they, they call them a hard market. We've been in this for quite a while now where rates are keep going up especially for, for um, um, certain types of risks. And certainly it's going to be, um, you know, more and more difficult to ensure unprotected um, places in the middle of, uh, of a forest that have no, no fire um, protection. Uh, the, the nearest fire hall is, is 40 or 50 kilometers away. Those are going to be more difficult to ensure. They, they have to be because the risk is significantly higher. And is that why we're we're kind of seeing this shift or hopefully seeing this shift that, yes, it's important to have insurance, but it's maybe equally as important to do things to, to fireproof or floodproof your home? 
absolutely. I mean, it, it, um, it, it's changing from what, like 25 years ago, you had a claim, you just sit back and, and wait for the insurance company to come in. Um, I, I've always thought that as an insured, it's my responsibility to take every precaution I can and, and mitigate my losses the best I can, like I didn't have insurance. Then the insurance will come in and pay for the stuff that, uh, you know, I, I, I suffer on top of that. But there's, um, there is a, a change to where it's, you know, becoming up to us, especially with a change in de- de- deductibles, um, like percentage deductibles as opposed to a, a flat rate deductible. So that means that I pay for a percentage of the loss. A lot of earthquake deductibles now are percentage deductibles, meaning mm-hmm. that, you know, if 10 or 15% of my insured value, I'm responsible for it before the insurance company pays dollar one. And that could be, you know, on a million-dollar house, $150,000. Hmm. And, and uh, you raised a good point there as well, that uh, it, it is about knowing your policy, I think, too, and knowing what uh, what you're covered for. So that is absolutely key. Um, you know, I've been in the business for, for quite a while, and I teach this stuff, and I don't think I've actually read my policy from cover to cover. So <laughs> It's a, a difficult thing to get people to read that policy, but boy, is it after a loss, that's one thing you want to get a hold of is your policy and really understand it. And if there's, there's things in there you don't understand, you want to talk to an insurance professional, your agent or your broker or someone you know that can understand the policy wordings and go through it to see whether there are limitations or restrictions that might um, limit the amount payable under the policy. It is good and very timely advice. Sean Sinclair, we'll leave it there for today. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, no problem. Thanks very much for letting me on.